Well, our passage today is out of Luke, Luke 24. And again, just had a great time this morning, rising early and seeing the sunrise come up. And uh, I, I, uh, I keep up on all of you. I actually troll, I spy on you through Facebook. So just, I'm going to admit it right now. So uh, what's inspiring is that just about everybody I know is putting stuff up. I'm starting to get Easter overload uh, online, but uh, nays, that could never happen. Uh, so I had to put out my two cents worth, and just knowing what I was going to have the privilege of preaching today, that there is this understanding straight out of, of Luke's account that the disciples ran to an empty tomb. They ran to an empty tomb. It was hard for them to understand that the tomb was empty. And so this morning as I was thinking and I saw the sunrise come up and I put that picture up, I, I, I did say that I was going to run to an empty building and I was going to hope that others would run there as well. So just so I could be honest, I also talked about the fact that I kind of wobbled a little. I, I progressed out of a wobble to a weave and then I went from a weave to a skip and then there was a very quick run from the front door to my car, which ensued with uh, a slightly pulled muscle just over that short distance. So thank God we could actually drive here rather than have to run all the way from your house. But uh, as, as I arrived and we were praying over today, we prayed over each of you. We prayed that the Lord would bless you, that the Lord would speak to your hearts. Because there's a power to what we're about to hear. There's a life-changing, transformational engagement that we're about to hear. So let me read it to you, if I may. Luke 24, 1-12. Jesus has been crucified. And so we open up the picture of some of those who were close to him going to the tomb seeking to treat the body with spices, which was a Jewish tradition. And it says this, starting in verse 1, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but He has risen. Remember how He told you while He was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day, rise. And they remembered His words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But... Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. 
There's a lot to unpack in there, and so I have to be discerning as to what we're going to focus on today. So let me take you back to the title and where I want us to focus. An empty tomb can fix an empty life. Do you have an empty life? Are there those things in your life that seek to steal away what God has for you? Are you continually searching for something that will fill a void a hunger, a need. And so what we propose out of Scripture and out of what happened and the things that we celebrate today is that that empty tomb can fix an empty life. Jesus said while He was in the Galilee, He was thinking of you and I, but He was speaking to a group of people that He cared deeply about as well. And He says these words, the thief, Satan, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Have any of us felt the pain of that? Are any of us currently feeling the pain of that? This is the reality of the world we live in, brothers and sisters. It is a very real thing. And if that stopped there, it would be a tragic story. Just like if this story stopped Friday night when Jesus died on the cross. I shared from this stage Friday that anybody could die on a cross. Anybody could claim to be God. But because of an empty tomb, Jesus is who He says He is. Amen? And what Jesus promised comes with credibility. Amen? And so Jesus says, and the first part of this, we understand we live in this world. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We see it all around us. But then Jesus doesn't leave it at that. Just like He didn't stay in the tomb. He says, but I, I came that I might give you life and life to the full. Jesus never desired that we would have empty, wanting lives. And because of an empty tomb, there is an answer there. But let's go back and look (coughs) at some key things. Three questions I want us to look at today. Number one, do we live as if He's still in the tomb? Think about what the angel said and ask yourself, would you have run to the tomb or would you have walked? What was the attitude of the ladies that morning? Were they running to the tomb with great anticipation to check and see if it was empty? No. And yet these were the ones that walked with Jesus. These were the ones that knew Jesus. And the angels remind these ladies, do you not remember what he said? as they sat there, stood there in astonishment that there truly was an empty tomb. They walked with sadness. They walked with emptiness in their life. They walked with confusion. They walked with sorrow and hurt. And that may be many of us today. They walked that way unnecessarily. Are you tracking with that? How many of us have walked and carried burdens unnecessarily? And maybe that's us today. We would look at this story and we would say, gals, why did you forget what he said? What's fascinating is that we all struggle with that. We all struggle with that. Do we live as if he is still in the tomb? Why do we seek the living 
among the dead. I have a picture. If you walk into my office, you're going to think I'm the most proud, arrogant guy you've ever met. I, I, I have every degree I've ever had on my wall. I think I even have my seventh grade presidential physical fitness award <laughs> up on the wall, right? I'm just that guy. So if you do go into my office, you do see, you do see my college degree, you see my ordination, and you see my seminary degree. There's a reason I put those on the wall. Not so that you're, you're looking at them. They, they stare at me from across where I study, and they're a constant reminder of how God has called me to something, and He has prepared me for something, and I need to be about that business. And I need the reminder constantly, daily, about what I am to be focused on. What I am to be running to. How I can live life with an empty tomb. But I have one picture that stands over those three degrees. I'm going to have it up on the screen right now. And this is that picture. This is a young man that several years ago sat right here during an Easter service. And when the opportunity came, and we presented this idea of running to Jesus, he responded. And he sat right here at the end of service and talked with me and shared his hurts and his sorrows and the emptiness that was in his life. And he said, I need that to be fixed. I need this fullness that Jesus promised. And right here, on an Easter Sunday, Eric asked the Lord to be Lord of his life. And he took that step of faith. And this is what I'm called to. This is why this picture hangs over all those silly degrees. Is the juxtaposition. You can do all the work, but if you don't see these kinds of results, it's all in vain. And the only way that you see this is if you believe the tomb is empty. Amen? Amen. Eric came that day, and then he, after coming to faith in Jesus, he shared with me that he had terminal cancer, stage four. And I remember the, the call that I received from the family later, uh, several months later, to come sit by Eric. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I just want to share with you as a reminder the joy that's in this young man's heart and this life shows through at his baptism, does it not? His life was no longer empty because he knew the tomb was no longer empty. Number two, are we ready to run to see the empty tomb? You know, I just saw something on the internet today, so therefore it must be true. <laughs> right? And it's interesting because we don't see the Apostle John listed here at all. We see the Apostle who? Peter. Peter runs. And so this is kind of Peter's account. It's kind of funny because what actually happens is kind of like a little junior high spat. There's kind of some extra information. I don't know how true this is, but rumor has it that, uh, well, it's actually not a rumor. Both disciples, John and Peter, ran to the tomb. But rumor is they had a little conversation once they got there. Uh, that John turned to Peter and said, ha, 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 I beat you. And uh, 
Peter's like, big deal. So what? Who's going to know? And John's like, oh, they'll know. Because <laughs> the book of John's going to be written. Look it up in John 20 where it says, and the one disciple outran the other and beat him there. <laughs> so uh, it's on the internet, so it must be true. They ran. And you heard the story that they were gathered. But Peter rose when he heard something that shocked him. He couldn't stand still. He couldn't lay in bed. He rose and he ran because he had to know. Brothers and sisters, this is what happened to Eric that day. Eric had to know. And he ran. And this is the biggest challenge for you and I in seeking after Jesus is that you heard in the testimony it seemed like an idle tale. You remember those words? These are the people that walked with Christ. They were there. And what does it say? The women came back and they said, he's, he's gone. It's an empty tomb. And so many of them just stayed there. Because they just didn't believe it. Does this sound familiar? It's hard to believe, is it not? And yet, what do we do? Because of an empty tomb, we can have full lives, but we're like those gals in the morning. And we're just kind of trudging along with our spices and our weight and our sorrow. And we're on the way to a tomb that we think has a body in it. Because somehow, some way, the thief has told us with lies, Jesus isn't really who he says he is. This is just an idle tell. And yet, you know the story. They found a what? An empty tomb. And the angel said to him, Why do you look for the living among the dead? For you and I today, brothers and sisters, that question is very obvious. Look in your own heart. Have you run to the tomb? Have you run to Christ? Because this transformed from an idle tell to truth, to an empty tomb. I got a call from Eric's family several months later. Eric had gone down to Mexico and tried a lot of experimental medication. And I took that picture. And I made two copies, and I called Eric, and he came in. What I didn't know is he could barely even walk. I felt horrible. I should have gone to him, but I didn't know. He didn't let on. And the man who walked through the door looked nothing like what you saw on screen. And I gave him that picture, and he was overjoyed. He was overjoyed because he knew that his heart had been filled. Do you know that filling? Do you know that experience of Christ so that you don't trudge to the, a tomb, but instead you run with full anticipation and you have a full life? Shortly after that, a few months, I don't remember the exact time scale, but I got a call from the family and I went to visit Eric and it was the last moments of his life. The man I saw in the bed in the living room was not the man you saw on the screen. It wasn't even the man that had been in my office previously. He was a shell of who he was. Brothers and sisters, make no mistake, the tomb is empty, 
but this world is broken. Now Jesus promised to fix it. In the meantime, we do not have to wait. We can be restored. We can be redeemed. We just have to run to the empty tomb. We have to run after Him. And Jesus knows that there are so many things to cause us to walk and carry spices and deny an empty tomb and walk with sorrow in our hearts. And when I walked in that living room that day, the family pulled me aside and said, we don't know what to do. He should have passed days ago. And so I feel the pressure. I'm supposed to know what to say. Let me just help you out. Pastors don't know what to say. Right? Because we want to fix your pain. There's no getting around the pain. Right? There are two things that are sure in life. Death and what? And we just hit that. And some of us hit it. Like really hit it. We will all die. But because there's an empty tomb, we can have eternal life. Amen? And not only that, in the midst of our suffering, and here's the end of the story, well, here's the end of our experience. I prayed and I said, Lord, you have to show me what to do to help Eric. And as I'm staring at him, he could no longer speak. He could no longer eat. He could no longer drink. And he's just staring and I prayed, Lord, tell me what to say. Tell me what to do. And in that moment, the Spirit showed me what was in Eric's eyes, and it was fear. You see, he forgot about an empty tomb. Brothers and sisters, the Lord knows that we're surrounded by suffering, and there's plenty in our own lives that get us distracted from the reality of the empty tomb and truly who Jesus is, and that we can have life to the full. But in that moment, I suddenly knew what I could say to Eric. I opened up my Bible to Revelation chapter 2, and I read to him all about the throne room of heaven where Jesus is. And all Eric could do was blink his eyes. And I asked before I started reading, I said, Eric, are you scared to die? And he said yes with his eyes. That's why I knew where to go. And I started to paint this picture of what was waiting for him. Not an empty tomb, but a glorious throne room where his Savior was waiting for him. And by the time I finished reading, the sorrow and the fear had left his eyes. I cannot explain to you with words what I saw happen. But I will tell you, that that promise by Jesus, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and destroy, yes, through cancer, through sorrow, through trial, all of that had tried to steal Eric's life away. And yet because of an empty tomb, Eric in his last few hours had a fullness of heart. The family called me a couple hours later and Eric passed into glory with a full heart. This is what the story is about. It is not an idle tale. It is a truly empty tomb. That brings me to the third point. Why do our lives feel empty if the tomb is empty? If Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life to the full, 
How can we drag as if we're taking spices to the tomb? Because somewhere in the midst of it, I think we've gotten so saturated by the world around us that we're stuck in a room. We're not running like Peter. We're not running like John. We've gotten so focused on the brokenness in life that we've traded that real estate in our heart, in our soul, for the sorrowness, the bitterness, the disgusting, the sin in life. And we've traded the empty tomb for a lie. There can't be room for both in my heart or in your heart. There's a reason why Peter and John ran, but some just stayed. For you and I, what would we have done? But more so, what will we do now? Will we run? Or will we stay in the room? You know, it's interesting. A lot of people are going to run somewhere at the end of this week. They're going to run to movie theaters. Now, I'm just here to tell you, I told first service, you're probably not going to get this. The average age of first service was about 48. I'm really good with math and aggregating and things like that right now. I'm just, it's a gift. <laughs> but it's going to play out here. There is a movie that is coming out Thursday night that has already, as they say, broken the internet. It's the second part. It is the end of this story. As a matter of fact, it's titled Endgame. It is the last of a series of movies by Marvel. And so many people have bought in tickets. How many of you, I, just, I didn't do this first, I'm going to do it now. How many of you already have tickets to go see this? <laughs> Raise your hands. Yes. It is my daughter's 18th birthday that night, and I've already purchased 12 tickets. And I made it a rule, in order to acquire your ticket, you have to dress up as your favorite Marvel character. <laughs> so, there you go. I, I don't know if anybody's going to dress up. We'll see. I'm not going to tell you where we're going to see the movie. <laughs> but here's the thing. Millions of dollars have been spent. Why? For an idle tell. People are running to what? Hope. They want to know if their hero is going to be resurrected. Do you understand the draw of that? Especially this week? That's just a story. Jesus is real. It's funny because the movie that came out last year where, oh, spoiler alert, uh, half of the heroes die... The antagonist says at one point during the movie, there will be no resurrection this time. And that compels more and more people to go to this movie Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to find out, will their hero resurrect? Brothers and sisters, I ask you a simple question. Has your hero resurrected? Amen. 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 Why do our lives feel empty if the tomb is empty? Because we chase after idle tells. You have the reality of the one who claimed to be God and claims that He can change your life and give you life to the full, and He rose from the dead. Amen. 
This is where the credibility is. By the way, you're wondering, okay, why is this guy talking about... Look, I'm just preaching the text. I don't know if you saw this at the very end. It says, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling. <laughs> I'm, I'm just preaching the text. What is the point today? An empty tomb gives credibility to the promise of a full and abundant life. That's what I want you to walk away with today. An empty tomb fixes an empty life. The question is, will you run after Jesus today? Seems like a good place to stop. Some of you are getting hungry. I pray you get hungry for Jesus. Alright, let me pray and we'll call the band back up and we'll hit a concluding song. Kids, you have done a great job being in here today. Wonderful. And those under 12, you have done a great job as well. So, all right, let's close in prayer or close the sermon in prayer and then we'll join together in song. Father, pray that your spirit moves within our lives and that as we look at this message, this truth, that we truly grasp, wrestle with the idea that there is an empty tomb not a full one, an empty tomb. And let us heed the instruction by the angels, why do you look for the living among the dead? He said He would rise. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Thank You, Father, for doing what You said You would do. Now let Your Spirit move within our hearts and let us run after You. Amen. Let's stand together.